You're listening to Nathan Chansky, and this is the Passion with Purpose podcast. On today's episode, we are talking all about the new AI tool from Photoshop, Generative Fill, still in beta from Adobe. So this new AI tool has completely taken the photography community by storm. Uh, I've noticed it's created every emotion from excitement to anger to frustration to anxiety. And on this episode, we are going to straight up address the topic, talk about it. Um, and we wanna, I want to talk about why this new AI technology is or, or technology like this is not the end of your photography business or the photography industry as a whole. Are you an aspiring creative entrepreneur or established small business owner with a fuel to pursue the things that light you up like nothing else? If so, you are in the right place, my friend. My name is Nathan Shansky, and I'm a photographer and photography business educator. On this podcast, I'm here to drop nothing less than weekly truckloads of business and marketing tips, mindset shifts, and transformative wisdom from my life and career to bring you into the highest potential self that God created you to be. I will see you right here each week and let's commit to learning, growing, and achieving our goals together one bold step at a time. Okay, so you already know what we're talking about today. We are just going to hit head on the topic of this AI tool from Photoshop called Generative Fill. Uh, this tool is still in beta, so it's really not like a fully fleshed out uh, launched product yet necessarily, but it's out there. We've seen the TikToks. We've seen the Lightroom tutorial. Uh, sorry, Lightroom tutorials. We've seen the tutorials on Photoshop of people using this to basically create completely different landscapes in the background of their images um, to create completely different like vibes of their images, making it look like it's in a completely different part of the world, right? Um, so I first want to kind of define for anybody that hasn't seen this generative a this generative fill AI tool. So basically, what this is, I'm going to run through this quick. Um, Photoshop has complete has come out with this new tool, and if you knew what content aware fill was in uh, Photoshop, or even if you just simply have seen the heal tool work in Lightroom, you basically know that you can take a little brush, uh, cover up something that's in your image that you don't want in it, and basically Adobe will take it out of the image and it's just like a spot heal, right? Um, and then let's say if you have a photo that is in Photoshop and let's say you pull apart the crop boundaries and then you say content aware fill, well, ultimately what's gonna happen is Photoshop is going to insert different uh, elements, different visual textures, whatever it is, into the edges of that photo where you cropped outside of to match what actually the photo was showing so that ultimately you can just make your image wider a little bit, right? But there were so many boundaries to that. Ultimately, if you had a very complex image and you wanted to expand the image edges, you couldn't really do it very well and it just wouldn't look all that great. It was it was usually if the pixels in the image were very easy to replicate or kind of take a stamp of and then recreate them, right? So now what we have this is this new th this new tool in beta that is called generative fill. And so let me give you two examples of how you can use generative fill. So on the one hand, you can use generative fill to again 
pull the boundary edges of your image back in the crop tool and then you can basically click generative fill around those spaces in your image that are like white because there's nothing there and you can just generative fill it and it will fill in kind of no matter how complex your image is and I don't know you know it's AI that does it so I don't know how it technologically does it but it just it fills in those those edges right just almost seamlessly in so many senses um Another form that it's used that we've seen a lot, it's almost like the scary version, <laughs> is basically you can choose your lasso tool, which is just like a cursor, basically a form of, uh, it, it's a, a cursor that you can use in Photoshop. You can use your lasso tool, you can use your rectangle marquee tool, you can outline a space in your image, and then you can truly type in to almost like a chat GPT box in Photoshop and say what you want them to put in there. So you could say, add mountains from uh, the Swiss Alps in the background of this image and it will truly add mountains that look like they were from the Swiss Alps in the background of the image. And what I think is kind of taking the internet by storm is that it, it looks real. Like a lot of it might look a little bit fake in some senses, but a lot of it also looks really real and it's hard to distinguish it from being fake versus reality, right? Um, I've seen other things where people can outline someone's clothing and say, uh, put new clothes on this person and it will, <laughs> it will put new clothes on them. Um, you know, even changing a uh, frown to a smile, same thing. So it, it's crazy. Like it, it honestly has the capability to a lot to do a lot of crazy stuff. And even I've seen some stuff that looks a little bit fake. But you, we have to also understand that this is only in beta, right? Like it's only going to get better, and it's only going to get more refined and really uh, fine tune how good this gets, right? So let's talk about this. First of all, what I want to say is just like from my personal opinion, I don't feel good about it. I'll be honest. I won't deny it. Like I actually kind of get sick seeing some of these videos and these tutorials, <laughs> even though I put one out myself on my story, which is funny. Um, but like, I, I'll be honest, I feel a little bit sick by it. And I think it it makes me feel cringy and sick because it's fake, right? It, it, it makes me feel like we're robbing the real world of something, you know? And I think I think that's natural to feel that way. You know, I, I released an episode about, uh, I don't know when this is gonna air, but maybe like two or three weeks ago, and it was all about AI. It was like my first episode I'd ever done about AI. And it's funny because I think a lot of people heard that episode, and because I was so positive, I think a lot of people were like, oh, he loves this AI thing, and he's so excited about it. Because I got some messages that were like, wow, like I was really surprised that you were so on board with this AI stuff. And what's funny is that episode came out, I didn't even try to have this happen, but it came out like on the exact day that generative fill came out as well, or maybe it was the day after. It was really funny to me. I was like, this did not, I did not plan to coincide, to make this coincide. But anyway, all that to say, um, I will be honest, even though I make maybe an episode that's a little bit more positive about AI, which by the way, this episode, I'm going to try to make this as positive as possible um, for you. I, I, that doesn't mean that I am like gung ho about this. That doesn't mean that I love seeing this. It's kind of like, Hey, this is in our hands. How can we make the most of it? How can I keep you as my audience, you know, feeling encouraged and inspired? Because I, if something like, let's say something makes me anxious or fearful, I don't, I don't want to make you feel anxious and fearful. You know what I mean? I don't want to spread that around. Um, if anything, I just want to make sure that like, if I have something that has really helped me understand something and make me feel more encouraged about it and, 
and you know, I've thought through these things and it's like, you know, I, I think this is a good spin on it that would be helpful. That's what I want to share with you guys. You know, I want to share something that will really uplift you so that you don't feel like you come to my podcast and you leave, uh, you know, mentally sick. That's, that's not what I want you to feel like. Right. Um, but again, I, I honestly, be honest, I'm not a big fan of all that's happening in the AI space. I think a lot of this is crossing some of the boundaries of ethics in a lot of senses. So ugh, it's it's interesting. Um, but anyway, I think a lot of people are fearful. Like I got a lot of fearful messages from people being like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Like, I can't believe this is happening. And seeing so many posts and so many people like posting on their stories or in their reels. And it just seemed like there was a lot of despair, right? Um and I think the fear is just in case we're not like clear, I think a lot of the fear fear is like, will real photos and real backgrounds and textures and, and parts of our physical world, uh, will, will those real photos go out, right? Will capturing real moments not be worth it anymore? Will photographers who put in the work to get the shot in the real location to travel to that real location Will that be eclipsed by photographers who just fake it and use AI, right? Uh, maybe another fear is how good is AI going to get? You know, like right now it creates landscapes. What about people? You know, AI can already create people in still images. And I know um, that it can create uh, AI in, you know, even moving pictures, like even moving picture people. Um, like if you've heard of deep fakes or anything like that. So it's like, could we get to the point where, you know, what if someone comes up with a concept, kind of like a styled shoot concept, and like they type it in and boom, you have a styled shoot created with AI, with fake people in the shot. You know, I'll be honest, like I'm not to, I don't want to scare people, but this is probably possible in the future. I don't know if this will ever be maybe allowed. I, I don't know. Um, but it could very well be possible, you know, or even more futuristic. What about a physical bot eventually taking over the photo taking part too, you know, acting as like maybe a wedding photographer who follows you around all day. And it's like C3PO following you around all day with a camera. Right. Um, by the way, if you don't know who C3PO is, he's a droid from star Wars. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so it's not that good yet, right? Like AI isn't all that good yet. It's not actively infringing on our daily lifestyles quite yet, but we kind of have with this generative fill, like this, almost like this first taste of like, whoa, this could get good, right? And and some say, and it's not a matter of like when or, or if this stuff will get really good eventually. It's more kind of like when, right? So these are all valid questions to ask, right? So the biggest thing I want to encourage you with is like, uh, do not despair. The world is not ending. Um, I really want to use this episode to give reasons why when we see these new AI things come across the pipe, come down, come down the pipe, come across the horizon. Um, this is why to not despair I want to reasonably assess the situation with you with a level head and not fall into fear. And so I think the first thing I want to encourage you in, in so much of this is just that I think human nature, and this is me banking on like my fellow man and woman and just saying like, you know, I think human nature says that people don't want fake. And I think that when it comes to it, all the different things in our society that you see that are super, super fake, there are some people that do want fake and that's okay. And those people will always prefer fake or be okay with fake. 
but I think the vast majority of people do not want something fake when it comes to uh, like a real life event that's happening in their lives, when it comes to something meaningful in their lives, when it comes to telling a story in their lives. You know, you think of photoshopped bodies, uh, right? that we've already seen in imagery all over the place. Um, and it's not looked at, it's not looked on positively by any means. Like people will be like celebrities or whatever will be like grilled in their comments or in news headlines when they obviously Photoshop their bodies, right? It's not something that we all look at as like, yes, that's great. It's like, we all know it's fake and we all don't have an appetite for fake. We have an appetite for real. And so we don't like that, right? I think it's just human nature that we don't love fake. Think of cosmetic plastic surgery, right? So cosmetic plastic surgery has been here. It's been here for a while, but I, I will say that I think the general public doesn't love the idea of it. And that's not to say if you've had plastic surgery, that that's like a bad thing. Like I know people very close to me who have had a sort of plastic surgery and I, you know, in some senses, like really support why maybe they did it. And, and it doesn't even matter. Like it's them, it's not me. Um, but I would still say that the general public doesn't super love the idea of plastic surgery. Like I think the, for the most part, even when people do get plastic surgery, they don't tell many others about it because they don't want people knowing, right? And I do think the origin of that is that human nature wants real. We want something that's actually uh, natural and authentic. We don't love the fake. Um, and even just like the fact that we can, we have had the, uh, the Photoshop and the skin smoothing and the, uh, you know, poor deleting, um, different tools in our arsenal from Photoshop, from Lightroom, from all these different places. And in the same way that like, I don't Photoshop my clients into making their bodies something that they aren't, unless it's like, again, smoothing out skin or maybe like something where they had uh, a breakout on their skin and it's not normally there, then I'd get rid of it. But otherwise, like I, most of my clients don't want me to actually Photoshop their bodies. In fact, I've never had a client ask me that. Um, and I also probably would refuse that for the most part because that's just a part of my brand is I don't want that to be what I'm doing to your body. Like I really want to capture authenticity, you know? Uh, so you know, there's going to be people who do still want that Photoshop of their body. They do still want like all their, uh, even like permanent moles or just like anything like that deleted out of their photos and, and making their bodies into something that they aren't. Those people still exist out there, but they maybe don't ally with your brand and your goals and you don't want fake. And so you maybe communicate to them. And so I think in the same way, I do think that this AI generation is potentially, of course, going to create a host of people who do want the fake and they're okay with the fake. And they're like, please Photoshop a princess castle in the back of my um, photos, you know, something like that. And that's fine. But I, I would argue, and I could be wrong, but I would argue that I think the vast majority of humans would not fall into that category. And the vast majority of humans are still going to want you to go out to the Swiss Alps and take photos of real in, in the real Swiss Alps and have that real personal experience that actually happened there. I think the vast majority of people are going to be like, no, I actually want to go to Hawaii and take photos in Hawaii and feel that experience and be there. You know, I... I guess maybe I am naive in that, but I, I, I hope I'm not naive in that. And I hope that that's the reality that most people are going to want the real and not the fake. And frankly, I would even say from a photographer's perspective, because these 
fake things are not something that is uh, looked on upon positively. Uh, depending how fake you go with your images, let's say using something like this generative AI, I do think that photographers are going to really run the risk of being quote unquote found out and frowned upon if they use these types of things in their photos regularly to basically promote a truth about where they've shot or what they've been or, or what they've done um, that it actually isn't true, right? So if you're like, hey, like look at this beautiful work that I created in the Dolomites or something like that. And it's like, but you got found out that actually that was generative AI that created that. I don't think that's going to go over super well for you. Again, it could be something that just becomes commonplace in the industry, but I don't think that's the case now by any means. And I would be actually quite surprised if that just becomes commonplace that like, oh, you just Photoshop whatever you want into your photos and you claim it as your own portfolio. In fact, I am quite certain that even right now in the beta of Photoshop, you can't even put out anything as like your, like you can't sell anything that actually was used with generative AI. So like for instance, if you do run an image through that generative AI on Photoshop beta right now, I don't believe you can actually send that to your clients as like a product that was paid for because I think that's part of the terms of use on that. So that again, that's probably gonna change, but I'm just saying even now, like you do run the risk of using that for commercial use. Uh, so I want to even kind of go, uh, into how do we make sense of this AI movement? How do we, how do we think of it? How do we even digest it? So I think the first step is to not despair. Like if we despair, it's over. Right. And, um, not also not denial It's here. Let it go. Find the good in it. Find how you can leverage it for good or make your job easier. Right. Think of cleaning up different images. Potentially, you know, I had a, uh, photo that I shared on my Instagram story where basically it was in these beautiful dunes of Michigan, but there was definitely like, you know, a bush over in the corner of the dune that I really didn't want there because it just kind of was distracting from the couple. And so I was able to get rid of that. And it was just kind of an example of, hey, look, now the image looks so much cleaner and it basically is kind of like uh, content aware fill on Photoshop, if you know what that was, on steroids. Or it's kind of like the heel tool on Lightroom on steroids and just with more technological support in it, right? So uh, I would say I do think it is up to you, photographer, sitting there to actually learn generative AI. And I do think it when, when these new tools came, come down the pipe, I don't think it's good for us to just be like, no, like get rid of it, don't touch it, whatever. I do think it's good to learn it because there might be clients who expect you to use it maybe in some senses for good, not for fakery, not for like, let's again, create like a princess castle in the background or like mountains where there was no mountains. But uh, maybe they're like, hey, like I think that, you know, this photo could have been better because like there we were kissing at our reception and it could have been a beautiful photo, but someone was like walking in the foreground and I know you can get rid of that with generative AI or something like that and we got to know how to do that, right? Um, and we have to always remember too in terms of being entrepreneurs and being in the entrepreneurship space, we're always going to be guaranteed change, you guys. Like that's always the thing that comes as a result of just being in the business world and being running our own businesses, change is always going to come. It's not an if, it's just a when and what is the change, right? The only people that are truly going to be left behind are the ones who don't actually change. And 
by the way, like everything has been changing for the longest time. This is nothing new that the change is on the horizon. It's just a different type of change that we're not used to, right? So you think of film photographers when you know, DSLR photography, when digital photography first came out, film photographers probably had a freak out moment of what is going on. We've done film photography for so long. What is this digital photography? What are people expecting us to do now? You know, or think of when Adobe first came out at all. And like, you know, when we could edit our images, like we could post-process our images, right? Maybe there was a time where photographers you think of yourself back then when photographers were like, oh my gosh, like we used to just take photos and then deliver them. There was no editing or post-processing of an image, whether color or light or texture or different things like that, right? So ultimately, it's it's kind of like we have to understand that there was change back then that was maybe just as scary as the change that we're dealing with with AI now. And so they changed, they adapted, they pivoted. And the ones who didn't, they probably got left behind, right? Um, And I will obviously say like a caveat to all of this is I do believe that change is good to adapt to while staying ethical and also true to your worldview and personal beliefs, right? I don't think that if it if it compromises your morals and or it compromises you as a uh, ethical person in business, I don't believe that's a time when it's just like, hey, you better change with the times. You know what I'm saying? No, I think that's a place where we stop and we say, nope, that's the wall I'm going to hit. By principle, I'm not going to go beyond this line, right? Hey, friends, super duper quick. I'm not running a single ad on today's episode, which means I'm not making a dime for showing up for you today. So the only thing I'm gonna ask of you is, if you are loving what you're hearing, it would mean the world if you would write me a review and leave me a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. It costs you like 60 seconds and a quick type of the hand, yet it fuels me to keep showing up for you guys every week and makes a massive difference to getting this podcast out to more entrepreneurs like yourself who need the education and encouragement. And it's always incredible to have you share the podcast to your social media or text it to a friend as well, and I'll try to repost anything that I see you share. I read every single review, so if you're writing a review, Think of it as just like a personal message to me that I so appreciate. So thank you to those who have already left kind words. You guys are the absolute best. And to everyone else, I can't wait to read yours. So quick, pause the episode, go do that quick, and I will be forever grateful. Now back to the show. So the big question I have, when it, whenever something like this comes on the horizon in the entrepreneurship space, especially, I am always thinking when, when change comes and when there's a whole new landscape and a whole new ecosystem of business and the way things are done, and again, there will be with AI a new ecosystem in the business world, and especially uh, AI is really going to bring that in full force. What, I ask myself, what is going to be scarce in the AI world? Because whatever is scarce will always be where the business and the money is, right? So I want to talk about like what is scarce, like what's scarce in an AI world. And I I want to give you an example of maybe like something else that's scarce like right now. So big things that are scarce right now in our uh, in our culture at the moment, in the in the current uh, business culture, is number one, I think authenticity 
is massively scarce and that's why people love it is people can be so fake online people can filter up their face you know all this kind of stuff but the real and the rash or excuse me the real and the um just like getting a real personality out of somebody is so scarce and that's why it's something that's highly valued that's what connects with people that's where that's where the attention is and by the way that's the second thing i'm going to say is like attention is scarce as well like you can't just get uh, you know, everything's clamoring for our attention. And so attention is something that basically is what people will just pay for because it's scarce. Like think of an ad it's, it's paying for someone else's attention. Right. Um, so these are all things that are like scarce, right? And there's other things that are scarce as well. Uh, even community, that's another thing that's very scarce. And so people are willing to pay for community to be a part of a community. Right. Um, so I want to look at in the same way in an AI world, what's going to be super scarce, right? So I think number one, the most scarce thing, one of the most scarce things in an AI world is going to be the real and authentic. And again, I've said that we already kind of see that now pre-AI, and I think we're only going to see that even more so in full force post-AI. The real and authentic is going to be a massive point of scarcity when it comes to the AI generation. And, and you know, like even nostalgia of old times, and we already see this right now. So I even think, I wonder what film photography is going to do. I wonder what Polaroids are going to do, you know, when we have so much digital photography that we can't verify is like real, right? Um, and so I almost wonder if we, we will keep defaulting back to like the real and authentic or even like I don't know if there's going to be some form of verifiable way to know that the, that a photo is real. I don't know. Um, but even you think of, okay, so this is like such a small little anecdotal uh, way of kind of bringing this home. So you even think of like Instagram stories. And I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but I've noticed that Instagram story filters are like out. Like I feel like just Instagram story filters. It's not like if you use one, it's like a bad thing or anything. I'm not saying that you're like, Oh, you're, you're dated. If you use an Instagram story filter, no, like I, sometimes I will use them occasionally, but I think for the most part, like those smoothing, uh, filters on our, on our faces or even the ones for women where they put like makeup on their face or something like that. I've noticed that so many people don't use those anymore. And I've, I've, I found that they were kind of like a fad for a while, especially during like 2021 and 2022 but I've really found that those filters are out. Like people don't want to use them and people don't want to see them. People want the real, right? And so it just goes to show you like people are wanting that real and authentic more and more. And it's only going to compound when you have the AI revolution coming into play. Uh, Number two, I think another thing that will be massively scarce is going to be in-person experiences. This is maybe one of the, like the most scarce thing. I'm not I'm not certain, but I know that this will be one of the most scarce things is the in-person experience because AI won't be able to touch in-person experience very much. Again, I think we only get to the place where AI can touch in-person experience when we get to physical bots and like robots. And of course, that is most likely on the horizon. I'm not going to you know say that that's not on the horizon, but I think even then you're still not, you're still not with a person, right? And so you will have so many ways in which you can fake or you can create a false reality on the digital, right? I don't know how real it will get, 
uh, or excuse me, how seemingly real it will get. But I do believe that the the uh, potential for AI impacting the digital is going to be rather vast and rather boundless in a sense, because if it's digital, it can probably be faked and it can just get better and better and better at the faking process until it looks so, so real that, that the human eye honestly can't even distinguish. So then again, what becomes scarce then? The in-person experience, the actual tangible, like I can feel and touch physical matter and I can experience physical matter with my own hands and my senses and eyes, ears, all that kind of a thing. That in-person experience is going to be something that is scarce, right? In the post-AI world. So again, just kind of be thinking, how can I leverage that to actually make sure I'm staying ahead of AI, right? Uh, Number three, I think a massive thing that's going to be uh, scarce in a AI world is going to be personality and originality, right? Emphasis on personality, okay? So, of course, people can think, okay, what if AI takes over my job? What if AI takes over, you know, like, let's say it's my photography even. Maybe there's a bot that becomes an AI bot. I mean, excuse me, a, a, pho- a photography bot, right? And does all of maybe weddings for people. Um, I'm just going to ask this. So have you, have you ever at, have you ever chatted with a chat bot online, like on a website? It can be like the most frustrating experience ever, right? Um, Or have you ever chatted with a recording over the phone and it's like an interactive recording over the phone for some sort of like massive corporation that you're trying to get in touch with? Like maybe it's for your phone or something. And like the automated recording is like chatting with you and you're just like, oh my gosh. And the thought, or maybe it's even somebody who knows like the bare minimum, right? About it. Maybe it's a real person, but it's someone who knows like the bare, bare minimum and just isn't good at their job and like is just reading off of scripts or something. And it can be so annoying. Like these experiences can be so annoying to us. You're probably already just like coming, going back to an experience you had that was so frustrating to you because it reminisced something I'm talking about. Uh, so just the thought, the, the thought that goes through my head is that's probably going to be what in a lot of senses our thoughts are going to be when we're dealing with so many AI bots potentially is can I just speak to a real person, please? Can I speak to someone who's informed, who's an expert on this? That's what I want right here, right now. I don't want to speak to uh, an empathy void bot right now. I want to speak to a real person who actually feels and can understand what I'm saying, right? And so I think in so many senses, that is what is going to be massively scarce. And that's where you can truly come alive in your brand and stand apart from anything AI that that's something that AI in my opinion cannot touch right photographers in an AI world you will need to stop competing on just your images and you will need to start competing on your personal brand and personal client experience because that's that's what this photoshop generative AI stuff and everything beyond that's what that can't touch that's what even a futuristic self-running bot can't touch A person wants to work with another person, especially when it comes to documenting a personal story of their life. Like a person has personality, empathy, originality, emotional sensitivity, reasonability, opinion, uh, even competing on your originality, right? Like pressing into what actually makes you different. I think that AI will likely never come up with original thought. It will always be an aggregate 
uh, sum of past human thoughts, which obviously that's pretty powerful, of course. And it may be able to compete with us on like the volume of its information, but I don't believe that it will be able to complete compete with us on originality and personality, right? So that's really what I want to encourage you in is like, this is where you need to be putting your time towards your personality, towards your originality, towards your personal brand. Because if you can put, again, I've, I've said this in many other podcasts, but this is like, this is where it's going to get real is like, if you can put your competitive edge and your value and your worth primarily on your in-person experience rather than just your images, I believe that AI won't be able to touch you as a photographer in many senses. So in conclusion, um, I also just want to say like my worldview is truly that AI cannot become a spirit. I believe only God can create that. Only God can create true life and eternal life. Um, an AI bot cannot have emotion. An AI program can have an, can't have emotion. Uh, it can't produce empathy or heart or soul or originality or love, etc. Only God can create life like that, and only God has the uh, ability to do that. And so I don't, I, I fully believe that that's the wall we are always going to hit with AI. So again, hope this encourages you. Hope this kind of like expands your mind a little bit on how to understand AI and and to understand that all hope is not lost. Uh, I know for myself at first, I was like, oh no, like maybe this is, no, like I, I want you to be encouraged like, our world and our humanity, I believe, is going to adapt to these times and we are going to find a way to fit into an AI world and it's not going to be uh, us you know, getting left behind with these bots that just like know so much more than us and that completely overtake us in all competitive advantages. I don't believe that's going to happen. So thank you so much for listening, you guys. Really hope this helps you. Uh, if you found this helpful, feel free to share it with a friend, uh, share it on your stories. Uh, whatever you want to do, even write a review that would make so much difference to me and the, the future of the podcast as well. So thank you so much for listening, you guys. And I will see you right back here next week for the next episode. Take care. Oh,